come back. Oh my goodness, Connor, you dropped your phone or something? No, I'm. I was trying to get in here. It's. It's hard. It's. I'm having te- technical difficulties with my phone right now, but I'm trying to get to it. So. Okay. Um. Well, welcome back to the Quick Fit Podcast. Um. I'm your host Ethan, and as you've probably already noticed, my host co-host Connor is also here. What up, guys? All right, you're really getting into this whole variety of intros thing. All right. So, so uh, we've recapped Martinsville. We've recapped Homestead. Now let's move on to looking ahead to the schedule. And we've got this weekend on Sunday, we've got Talladega Super Speedway. The Geico 500. I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch a lot of it because it is Father's Day this weekend. So I will try to get all the notes in. I'm going to have to rewatch the race, but it is Father's Day. So I'm going to try to spend some time with my father. Yes. Well, I will be coming back from the cabin on Sunday. So I don't know how much I will be able to watch either, but let's do our best to see as much as we can and uh, recap it for you guys here on the Quick Fit Podcast. Yep. So Talladega is really hard to predict because I feel like anybody could win. It's like Daytona. If you stay out of a big round, you have a chance to win. So there's even been like some weird winners in the past. Like I'm looking up the recent winners for Talladega. Here, Connor, it's okay. I have I've I've got the list here. Don't worry about looking it up. Um, first of all, a couple of notes. Um, since due to Ryan Newman's uh, crazy crash at Daytona, uh, NASCAR has, uh, so to speak, slowed down the super speedways a little bit more. They've reduced the horsepower and added a couple more uh, safety to make sure that nobody would get injured in a crash at a super speedway. So um, it'll be interesting to see how the drivers adjust to that, especially due to the no practice or qualifying stipulations we have right now because of the COVID-19 pandemic, but um, we'll have to see, but I don't think it should affect the racing too much. I think the major thing of the rules package that they're implementing this week is that it further deters tandem drafting. Yeah. So, there's that. So, so I, I end up pulling the recent race winners. Um, one person I would look closely at as a, like an underdog winner is Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Been really good at these race tracks, and even Chris Buescher, who's in these, who's in Ricky Stenhouse's car, you old car, you could watch out for as underdog winners. Uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. has one win, and he has the highest average finish of active drivers who have like at least a couple of races here. 11.8 average finish. That's that's almost basically a top 10 there. Um, then the next closest average finish is Chase Elliott at 14. Exactly. Uh, with one win, he actually won last year's Geico 500. Um, I could also Bush- look at, uh, if you want to predict a race winner, I would look at any Fords because Fords have dominated the last so, so decade. Uh, Chevrolet has about three wins. Ford has about 2,000 wins, and Toyota has one win, and that was from Denny Hamlin in 2014. Yes. Um, Kurt Busch, someone to watch out for. 
at least if you're looking for consistency, like perhaps in fantasy, if you're looking for some easy points there. He has no wins there, but he has the third highest average finish at 15.2, and he has 20 top 10s there. 20! I would also like to also look at Joey Logano, who has... Ben's drivers have decade. nine wins here. Brad Kuzlaski, five, Joe, three, and Ryan Blaney won the fall race last year. We have Clint Boyer. Is two. Connor, are you still there? Yeah. I think. Okay. Um, Clint Boyer has two wins at the track, and so does Jimmy Johnson. Two wins there. So, But really, it's just. You can throw your notes up in the air, and whichever one hits the ground first, uh, you can take. You there? Yep. Okay. So, if you were to make a prediction, who do you say? Any wins? Penske driver, I feel like, or any Hendrick Motorsport driver. If I were to pick, I would pick, if we're looking on the success this year, I feel like I would go with Chase Elliott, because he is so close to winning every single time this year. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I would I was leaning towards a Ford. I was thinking maybe someone from Stuart Haas like Clint Boyer, Eric Almarola. Yeah. To the front. But really like this is a race where really you could lead for the whole race and then if you get shuffled back on a pit stop, boom, big crash and you're out of the race. So it's like I mean, we yeah. can give predictions, but, like, it's it's a crapshoot, so. Yeah. Um, so, last year's two winners, Ryan Blaney, won the fall race in the playoffs. And then, of course, as I think I mentioned before, Chase Elliott won the spring race. About 100. Um, yeah. Some, something interesting to note. Um. NASCAR actually denied a driver from entering uh, from entering the race because of it it was gonna be his first ever start in NASCAR. Um, I'm trying to find it. I, I forgot Yes, James Davison was going to make his NASCAR Oval debut at Talladega, but due to the fact that they are not doing um, any practice or qualifying, NASCAR actually denied him. They, they told his team he's going to drive the Spire Motorsports 77 Chevy. Um, but basically they said they don't trust him <laughs> on, on the track. So... I think that's kind of interesting. I mean, what do you think about that, Connor? I think it's kind of funny. I mean, they did tell him that he could run next week at Pocono, though. So, yeah, which is a little bit safer than uh, Talladega because if you don't know, I live about two hours away from Pocono, and every year we camp in the infield, but they aren't allowing any infielders this year, so I could not go. But I'm thinking next year I'm going to bring, like, Ethan and maybe another friend or two. Yeah, that would be really cool. Um, Speaking of traveling, although this is – I'm not able to do this, but 
Uh, some fans will be traveling to a track pretty soon. Bristol Motor Speedway was announced as the new location for the NASCAR All-Star Race this year due to the uh, rising coronavirus cases in North Carolina, where Charlotte Motor Speedway, the usual venue of the track, is located. And they are going to, due to Bristol's massive capacity of over 150,000 fans, they're going to allow 30,000 fans to come and watch the race. They're selling tickets. They're getting ready. They're, they have the safety regulations all set in place. And uh, I was trying to convince my parents to let me go, and I could not pull it off, but Oh, well. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so there will be fans in the stands for that race, which will be pretty cool and maybe a sign of us getting back to normal. Also, I don't know if you saw this, Connor, but they're going to experiment with moving the numbers on the car. Yes, I saw that. That looks really cool. You like it? Yeah. I think it looks weird. They're going to move the numbers back from the normal location directly under the window net to right in front of the rear tires. Basically, if you're looking at it from the side, they'd move it either to the right or to the left, depending on what side you're looking at the car. I think I think you should switch it for a year or two and see how it looks, and then if you just can, you can switch it back. Yeah, so they're doing this to give sponsors more uh, spaces to put their logos and uh, products basically giving sponsors more airtime on TV and at the track. Yep, so ready to move into the next segment? Yeah, I think we're about done with Talladega. Basically, pick whoever you like. Yep. And that's pretty much how you go. All right, so... What up next? What up next? We will review... The Hall of Fame selections this year it might get a little bit dicey. Thanks for listening to the Quick Pit Podcast. Welcome to the Quick Pit Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan, and this is I'm joined by my co-host, Connor. Hey, guys. Hey, you changed it from last week. Yes, I did. <laughs> Telling you. Can't sound too bland and boring. Yep. So this is episode number two of the Quick Pit Podcast, where we discuss all things NASCAR. And we have a lot to get into. Two races to recap, another to preview, and the Hall of Fame announcements, which I'm sure you're thrilled about, Connor, because your guy Dale got it. Earnhardt Jr. I have a bone to pick with you on that, actually. So, But we'll get to that later. Let's not argue too much now. Um, <laughs> so... I guess uh, go right into it for, uh, we'll start with Martinsville, the Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief 500, uh, 10 to 1, Jimmy Johnson in 10, good run for him. Yep, and then we have coming in ninth position, uh, as it's loading here, Kurt we Bush. have, oh. it's coming, it's loading, we have Kurt Busch, there you go. And the uh, number one, Chip Ganassi Chevrolet. Number eight, William Byron, strong run for the young kid there in the 24 car. Matty D in the 21 car. The Benedetto. That is a great run for him. He's pretty good at the short tracks. He got his heart broken at Bristol last year and now ran pretty good. Not last night, but yeah. Number six, Alex Bowman. That's my guy. 
Chevrolet. Connor's happy with that. Good run for him. Chase Elliott in the top five, fifth position. Napa Chevrolet. Joey Logano for Penske Racing, fourth. And his teammate, Brad Kozlowski, coming in third, along with his other teammate, Ryan Blaney, coming in second. Yep. And the winner of the Martinsville race, first one completely under the lights, correct? Yep. It's Martin Truex Jr., Joe Gibbs Toyota. First win of the year. Got a pretty cool light show for his burnout. Yep. Impressive. Um, so we mentioned Joey Logano as the stage one winner, and then Jimmy Johnson won a, the second stage. He led some 70 laps, I think, right? Yeah. I was hoping he would get at least a top five, just to top 10. I want to talk about something real quick. Okay. Look who finished 11th for. Daryl Wallace Jr. for Bubba. Bubba. You got a call. What? My sheet has dot Wallace Jr. Oh, that's weird. I just called Wallace. Yeah, but what a run for what a run for him in that forty three car. He had, of course, that Black Lives Matter scheme. It was an emotional week for him, and he said at the beginning of the race, "This is." His most important race he was ever he's ever raced in his life, and he had, he impressed everybody in coming in eleventh. Um, if you were just watching NASCAR for Martinsville the first time, everybody's eyes would have been on Bubba. Bubba, um, really good run and not so good equipment for him. Yeah, I think he's talented. If he were to get on a better team, he would be pretty impressive. I think. Um, going off of that. Uh, some different events that happened last week. He uh, NASCAR banned all use of the Confederate flag at events from Bubba Wallace's pushing. And honestly, I think it's great that they're doing that and that they keep taking steps forward. Yeah, so, and you had the you had the Corey LaJoy and um, Denny Hamlin fight on Twitter. Oh man, we'll get to that a little bit later um, once we get to Homestead. Um, so. Thoughts on the race in general. I only got to watch a little bit because of I had other events that night. Um, but just your general thoughts. I thought it was pretty fun to watch. It was a pretty decent race. Short track racing is always fun. Your thoughts? I watched, I watched the whole thing. Um, the first two stages was really fun. They were just a lot of bumping and banging and pushing each other. And in the third stage, it was just kind of Martin Truex just dominating the race and lapping cars and putting cars lap down and it was really no – at the end of the race, Martin Truex made the best adjust, adjustment late and was able just to run away with it late. But the first two stages were, were really fun to watch. Of course, you had Jimmy Johnson win that second stage, but you had, like, at one point Alex Bowman and Brad Keselowski went at it, and Brad Keselowski hit Alex Bowman, and Alex Bowman kind of went up in the air a little bit. That was really cool. So, yeah, the first two stages were good. The third stage was a little bit badder, I guess you yeah. could say. You third know. stage was – yeah, it was kind of a, as you can see looking at the stats, only 14 cars finished on the lead lap, which is pretty, I mean, that's how Bristol was too, right? That was like, no, that was Atlanta. Yeah. Atlanta, uh, the week before, had 10 cars finished on the lead lap. So not too many exciting finishes recently, and that kind of continued at Homestead. 
Um, but we'll get to that later. Let's talk about Martinsville. Let's talk about how tough Austin Dillon had to be. First, oh, first, yeah. basically, first lap, he blew. What was it? A uh, he blew a tire and it uh, messed up something yeah. in the crush panels. And then with. he basically, and with when you hit that crush panel off, you are basically getting hot air, fumes, chemical stuff in the car. It's hard to breathe. He lasted. He lasted about 400 plus miles in a car where he shouldn't have lasted that long. He had to get help from his car about lap with about 96 to go, but he had a really impressive run with that. He finished 37th, but just staying in the car that long was really impressive. He had a really impressive run, at, actually, not run a pretty crazy five days because he wife was pregnant. Didn't hear and. Sunday morning, his wife gave birth to their first child, and then he went to finish seventh at Homestead. They actually had AJ AJ Almendiger ready if if Austin got the call that night, but he ended up leaving with about 100 to go, so. Yeah, so pretty good run for the the three-car. You okay? You're breaking up a little bit. I'm good. All right. We are we are doing this on a, a phone call because we can't currently can't see each other. So if there's a little bit of like cutting out, that's why. Yep. All right. Um. So you got anything else to say on Martinsville, or can we move on to Homestead? We can move on. All right. So Dixie Vodka 400. At Homestead Miami Speedway, first time in a long time that this race has not been the championship race. Um, it was meant to be run during the day, but it ended up being run mostly at night due to almost, I think it was over three hours of delays, correct? Mostly yeah. due to the lightning. The, the start well, of the race was delayed they, by they about... Were literally about, they were literally rolling off the grid, and they ended up having to cover up the cars because of rain. Then they did like an hour delay. They ran six laps and they had to delay it again. It was just like they, the longest delay was after those six laps. They had like two and a half hours of delay there. Um, yep. Got some lightning. That was all lightning. There was barely any rain, really. Yeah. For the delay, it was mostly just lightning. Then they came back, ran another like thirty laps, lightning again. Then finally they got underway for good at like what eight o'clock ish. Yeah. So it really ended up being a night race, um, which Denny Hamlin absolutely dominated. But let's run them down 10 to 1, number 10. What? Hmm? All right, from 10 through, uh, one, 10 through 1. Yep. Uh, Brad Kozlowski finishes 10th in the Money Lion uh, Mustang for Roger Penske. William Byron in the 24 car finishes ninth for Hendrick Motorsports. Second straight top 10 for him. Pretty good run he's on right now. Christopher Bell in the 95 car. Great run for him in eighth. He started 36, works his all the, all the way up to eight. Pretty good run for the rookie. Then he had Austin Dillon in the number three car for RCR Racing. Well, we'll talk about his teammate here in a second, but he finishes seventh. Pretty good run, considering that his uh, first child was born a couple hours earlier. Um, in sixth place, Kyle Busch, the 18, 
M&M's car for Joe Gibbs Racing. Good run for him, although I am really surprised we haven't seen him with a win yet. Yep. Uh, Eric Almarola in the number 10 car for Storhoff Racing finishes fifth with a nice bounce back race. And then the top four were really the top four pretty much the entire race. Um, yep. We have really the top five because Almarola was always up there. Was always up. Um, yeah, he had good, good long run speed. Yep. So we have in fourth place Tyler Reddick in the eight car for Richard Childress Racing. That was a very impressive run for him. He's going to get a win this year. Yep. I mean, we talked about that last week, but he really good. He recently came from back-to-back Xfinity Series championships, and he was running the high side, which they said on the broadcast, they were saying you can't do that with the cup cars because of the different body types of the... Yeah, if if you touch the... Those cars, those cars are gonna cut a tire down. So, Xfinity Series cars are composite bodies, which means they bounce back a lot quicker. You can't dent them or deform them as easily as the steel bodies of the Cup cars. So then we had for the top three, we had Ryan Blaney in the third car for the number twelve car for Penske. Great top three, Ryan Blaney had, gotten so close to winning so many times. Yeah, we had Chase Elliott in the number. Nine car for Hendrick Motorsports coming in second. And then, of course, we had Benny Hamlin winning the race for Third Joe Gibbs. Win of the season. He swept the stages and got the win, led the most laps by far. Just a really impressive run, and he won by – it was not close. <laughs> yeah. but Hopefully get not another close finish. Although – Notable finishes – Joey Logano, 27th, and Kevin Harvick, 26th. Joey Logano, Joey Logano made was leading and then had an incident on pit road where he hit the nose. It wasn't really any damage, but they just made a bad adjustment, and he went south quickly. He ended up, Chase Elliott was ended up leading, and uh, Joey Logano was giving him, like, quote-unquote payback. It wasn't like he wrecked him or anything, but he was giving him a rough time and stuff. I thought there was going to be a wreck. So, yeah, yeah Kevin Harvick up and ended up finishing outside the top 20. And Joey admitted this week that he did indeed hold up Chase Elliott because of the Bristol incident. So maybe we have a rivalry brewing here. Yep. And how about Bubba Wallace Jr. at third top 15 finish? He's been coming on two races strong now. Mike McDowell, two top 15s last week. 14th and 15th. Um... So, got anything else for uh, this race? I mean, it was it was fun to watch when it was on, but I didn't get to watch too much of it because of how late it went. Yeah. Um. But, I mean, from the highlights and stuff, there wasn't much. There weren't many cautions. There were only six cautions, um, and a major- most of them were for when every time the lightning came. Yep. So, so we can move on to the next segment. Yep, after this break. Welcome back to the Quick Pit Podcast, where we talk about everything. I'm your host, Ethan, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Connor. What's up, guys? Ah, come on. Flipping back (laughs) into your old routines. What's up, 
So um, if you're just joining us, we recapped the Martinsville and Homestead Miami NASCAR Cup Series races from last week, and now we are pre and we also previewed the upcoming race at Talladega Super Speedway. And now on to the final segment of our program, we are going to discuss and review the Hall of Fame selections for <sighs> twenty. So. You want to, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're dying to give one of them, so we might as well. Uh, here, let's save him for last. No. Yes, that way that builds up suspense. Fine. All right, so the first driver inducted is Mike Stefanik, the late driver and wheel and modified tour driver. I think Wheelan was where he mostly drove. He had 74 wins and Seven champions and other in the sport. Um, he died in a plane crash last September, but he was a pretty good driver and a class act personality in the sport. I think it's a good choice. Me too. I agree. I agree with NASCAR and how they put him in the Hall of Fame. It's really sad and how his life ended, but that's things happen. So love the way to honor his life and his legacy because I'm sure he is the greatest wheeling driver there has ever been. I mean, yep. seven championships. That's, I mean. You have, you have to be good. You have to be really good for that. Yeah. For that. He, he sees all the, he's probably seen all the rising stars in there. Yeah. All right. Um, the second inducted old timer, member of the Alabama gang, Red Farmer. I looked this guy up because I had no idea who he was. And... I had heard the name before, but me too, I don't know too much of the history of some of the older drivers. Um, but he races a lot of dirt track now, and pretty good selection, I think. Another founding father yeah. of the sport. Uh, so, pretty good selection. And then, yeah. finally, Connor, take it away. Dale Earnhardt Jr. Oh, I thought you were going to build up to it. Uh, I honestly think it was too early. Don't say that or you won't be my friend. Um, he <laughs> deserves first, first, uh, first round ballot. He is one of the greatest drivers ever. He's, mo- he's a 15-time most popular driver. Wait, he wait, deserves wait, to be in the wait, 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 wait. Wait, no, wait, there's no wait, questions about wait, the no questions. Wait. Donor Jr. Hall of Fame first ballot. No, we, we have to have questions because we have to fill the segment. Um, first of all, I'd just like to first point out that Randy LaJoy also has two Bush Series titles. So if that's your argument as to why he's in, I mean, who's Randy LaJoy? Uh, cool, he had two champions. He wasn't a 15-time most popular driver. Basically, just like you're, you're saying that his popularity is what got him in. No, I'm not saying that. He was a really good driver. He had one Daytona well, 500. He, more. he, had 15. he was good at super speedways. He just, he just never got. Brandon was good at super speedways. You can, be a good, you can be a good driver without winning a championship. Okay. 
then how about another good driver without winning a championship? How about Carl Edwards? More wins than Dale Jr. He came closer to winning a championship than Jr. did. I think Carl Edwards was more deserving of this spot. Oh, I don't and think so. I don't, Greg Biffle was the same number that Dale Jr. had. Carl Edwards could come back to the sport. Yeah, but Carl Edwards left a year before Dale Jr., if I'm correct. And, I mean... All right, the fact is that he's in the Hall of Fame, so what he should be. Now, I'm not going to say... I said he was too early. I didn't say he was not deserving of going in. I just think that he he, should have waited a little bit. I don't think he... Like, he was elected in his first year on the ballot, correct? Yes, because he was good. You mean that, like, he goes in there with the likes of, like, Jeff Gordon? I mean, like, it's comparing him to a lot of other really, really good drivers. Now, that's not saying Junior wasn't a good driver. It's just he, I don't know, he just, I don't think he should be in right now. I think he should be in a little bit later. Well, the fact is he's in, and he's in, and that's good, and there's no questions asked. I know. No, 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 no. We have to. I think we should do this a little bit longer. I mean, Junior had a one. I calculated. I was okay. I I was arguing with people on YouTube about this. So, I mean, I never. I didn't really like it how Junior how I I when he was racing, I kind of thought Junior was a little bit overrated. No, he wasn't. He won races. He was competing for pretty much. He was competing for a championship every year. You mean from every year except for like his last year? He made the playoffs every year. Well, I so... mean, he won one hundred fifty races. One hundred and fifty races without a win from two thousand eight to two thousand twelve. While on the best team in the sport. All right, all right. Jimmy Johnson. Right That's now. the mark of a good driver. Does he? Does does that driver deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? Someone who went who went three full seasons and parts of two others without Look win. Look at Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. Jimmy Johnson. He's in the Jimmy Johnson is one of the is in the one of the best teams in the sport hasn't won. I understand that, but Jimmy Johnson is at the end of his career. You know when Dale did that from 2008 to 2012? When he was in his prime. That would have been from when he was, let's see, he's, what, 45 now, I think? So that that would have been when he was in his mid-30s. Jimmy Johnson won two championships in his mid-30s. I mean... You can't compare compare that to Jimmy, Jeff. Oh Jeff, well, Jimmy. but we can't really argue in the Hall of Fame. We can't say much about it. I know we can't really argue it, but we can discuss it and we can decide whether or not it's a good idea or not. I'm saying it is a good. I'm idea. saying that they should have waited a little bit, maybe like three or four years down the line, or maybe they just. Maybe they just looked at all the drivers who are going to be retiring, and since they only have one slot for uh, for 
I think they have one modern era driver, right? Yeah. Every year. So, like, I mean, Jimmy's probably going to be on be in, in one or two years, right? Yeah, he's going to be a five. Kevin Harvick's going to retire pretty soon. Correct. Yeah. Matt so. Officially retires, but we'll. I'm assuming, I mean, Matt Kenseth hasn't been very good this year. Yes, he's been disappointing. I'm assuming he might retire after this year. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are some old drivers. Clint Boyer, although Clint Boyer's not going in the Hall of Fame. But there are going to be Denny Hamlin. He's getting up there. I mean, they might have looked at the upcoming, all the old drivers in the sport, and they're like, this is the best time to put Junior in. Yeah, I guess. I I just I don't I don't think he I think he's deserving. I just don't think he's deserving of like going in the first time he's on the ballot like all the greats have. Yeah, yeah. I can understand that. All right. Wanna close it out? Um, I think yes, we should close it out. Um so thank you for listening to the Quick Pit Podcast. I'm your host Ethan and co host Connor. Uh, thank you for listening to us. Make sure to share and publish this around as we're trying to build a fan base for this. This is episode number two of the Quick Fit Podcast, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. See ya.